Welcome to Coffee and Onesies. I'm Nikki. And I'm Chelsea. Today we're going to be talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. And we're so excited to be talking about this. It's something obviously very dear to my heart. Um, and as well as Hispanic Heritage Month, we're just going to check in on each other and see how our September's been, how our fall season's starting off, and just how our hearts are. So put your onesie hoodie on and grab your warm cup of coffee because we are about to dive in. Hispanic Heritage Month starts September 15th in part because it coincides with the independent states of five countries. Those countries are Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. But aside from those five countries, um, there's other Independence Days, obviously. There's so many different countries. Um, the other ones are Argentina celebrates Independence Day July 9th. Mexico celebrates it Ju- September 16th, which it's so funny because everybody always thinks it's in May. It's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> um, Colombia is July 20th. Chile, September 18th. And then Puerto Rico, because it's part of the U.S., it's July 4th. Um, but all of those Independence Days, I feel like each one of those, especially, um, is just so special, especially to the country that you are from. It's just, it, I feel like in that day, you just feel so much pride. You're just so excited for your country, just like everybody is as well on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and each country is so beautiful and in its own way, and it has so much amazing food and the music and just everything everything is amazing <laughs> yeah I I I love it I I well I'm a foodie and I feel like mm-hmm. me and you can contest to that the same heart but yes. it's so it's so cool is because I didn't know much about this and just like learning that you know this whole month signifies celebrating the histories and cultures and contributions of citizens of the mm-hmm. ancestors from all these different countries which was really neat and I know I was telling you when I was diving in, I, I, again, I didn't even know that this was, this is actually enacted into a law. So I was learning that, you know, it was observed and started in 1968 under President Lyndon Johnson, but that was expanded by President Ronald Reagan, where he enacted it into law on August oh, 17th wow. of 1988. So it's a public law and it has to be recognized, which I thought that it was so beautiful that they've created this space and you know, and I, I would talk on this all the time for just so many different things that we've created space for and we lay a time to remembrance to it. I think it's so important for individuals from those communities being able to share their voice and their stories and their experiences where individuals that might not come from that culture or share in that descent, they might not recognize or know. So I think it's a great opportunity. And I mean, I learn from you every step of the way. I think I think I just always being around your family has you know, it's it opens my eyes to just a different, beautiful way of culture and traditions. I remember, yeah. I have to remember, like, the first time. So the first time I came over to Nikki's house when we lived in Orlando. And she's like, yeah, you're going to come over for dinner with my family. <laughs> and I was, like, playing with her brother <laughs> and the smallest one. And, and it was... I think it was like 11 o'clock or something. I, well, anyway, I fell asleep 
very very quickly fell asleep and so I guess I I think in my head I was like oh well maybe we they just decided that like everyone was full from lunch or it was just too late no (laughs) I get like rocked awake by Nikki and she's like Chels um it's dinner time and I'm like what it's dinner time (laughs) and it was but it was beautiful it was this lavish meal spread out across the table like honestly it was like sitting down for a feast (laughs) (laughs) and it was delicious every step of the way I tried things that I had never tried before um but it was delicious but it was also like that was common like your Mm -hmm. her culture it was that was a traditional way like you have food at this time it wasn't like oh it's just late for you but I mean my traditions come from a very grown up in American you sit down or have dinner at like six (laughs) o'clock kind of thing so it was really cool to like recognize and experience that but I think that that was like the biggest like the first thing that I was like I recognize and I mean and now I know this like when I'm talking to Nikki and she's like yeah I'm cooking dinner and it's like 11 10 o'clock and I'm like oh okay well it's not it's not abnormal anymore now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah I remember that day and I felt so bad because it's like I feel like obviously when you're in your setting in your home you're like oh okay this is how it is but then when you know obviously after living in the U.S. for so many years I know that everyone eats like to me it's early so everybody eats dinner here very early and even like my in-laws, they're, they'll invite us for dinner, and they'll be like, hey, come over for dinner. And then I'll be like, it's it's late lunch because <laughs> it's, like, at 3 o'clock, and I'm just like – but at the same time, like, I love my in-laws, so nobody take that the wrong way. But I, it's just because, like, for me, I'll have lunch at, like, 3 o'clock, but then I'll have dinner at, like, 10 o'clock, and then we'll mm-hmm. have, like, midi in them. So, okay, so just to, like, ver- or get this straight. So it'll be like <laughs> – breakfast right Mm -hmm. and then after breakfast um it'll basically have like uh you'll have lunch and so then after lunch we'll have midienda which midienda is kind of like um like you have like a coffee or you'll have mate or a tea or something kind of like a drink and then like a like a pastry or a drink and Mm -hmm. like a snack um and then after that we'll have dinner so I guess breakfast would be desayuno. Then we have almuerzo, which is lunch, merienda, and finally dinner, which is. Now I'm like, what is dinner? Dinner (laughs) is, oh, la cena. And so you'll have all of those. And it's, I feel like um, for me personally, like obviously I love it just because it's like you go to bed with like your belly all full and you're like you're after eating you're just like tired so it's like perfect but obviously after I came to the states everyone's like that's not good for you you have to wait x amount of hours and I'm like yeah but I wait x amount of hours and then I'm hungry again yeah because I experienced this when I was visiting your family in Miami because like yeah yeah, I've had like different I've had I mean you got me started on a latte I mean she did Mm -hmm. I have like a whole setup now with her because I was so obsessed with it and I loved the thing of how it just it was so beautiful because not only was it delicious but it just is like (laughs) in a way that it brought everyone together and it was something shared amongst individuals which I love that and I 
I don't know. I was just obsessed with this idea that everyone just we came together and passed it around and enjoyed in conversation, even if you were like said individual me right here who didn't know anything that was happening or like what was being said but I was like okay well they're smiling so this is all good things like yeah <laughs> but I yeah but I was my point was is that speaking on how you guys had you spread out your meals but mm-hmm. I honestly felt good like I I think that like how it was is like I wasn't like hungry like every certain time or like in between like you space them out where you felt fulfilled until your like bigger meal at the end of the day and there was still plenty of time because you didn't necessarily go to sleep right after you had that meal so while it might seem strange to individuals that this might not be a custom you might not be accustomed to it it does make sense I can contest that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I feel like It is very well spread out. And it's also, um, I remember, well, our trip to Miami this last time, how, well, Chelsea was there with me and my family. And then it was funny because I think we taught you just kind of, because you knew about Mate beforehand from Mm -hmm. me, but it was like, we kind of taught you like the significance behind it. And then like the, you also had Fernet, no? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, and it was kind of like a, like teaching, it was really funny because then I kind of re like it retaught me the kind of like the significance behind it, which is like gathering people together because mm-hmm. with mate, you drink it throughout the day. And then, um, which Chelsea can attest that it was like 50 times a day. Oh, yeah. And um, your gut feels amazing after it, by the way. Just yes. saying, anybody who is curious of what it is, it's just a delicious mixture of herbs, which are just so good for your body. It'll yes. take a minute to get adjusted to it because, I mean, we have to recognize that we consume so many not great products mm-hmm. a day filled with a bunch of fillers, but this is just that. It's just from the earth. And after you drink it so many times like that's why I bought it like I would not have gotten it if I didn't love it or just actually feel really good about it but yeah I was just obsessed with the community another thing is I was I loved the idea of being able to FaceTime with my bestie when we do our date nights and just have it (laughs) together which we still need to do by the way yeah (laughs) but nonetheless it was just it felt so good and I loved the I loved the meaning behind it because I, that I was introduced to that by you and your family. So mm-hmm. it's special to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's just really nice because, and I know I've noticed this too from like the times I visited Argentina and then the times that I've like um, been with my family in Miami or in Orlando. And it's um, when you're drinking mate is basically like you're connecting with each other mm-hmm. and it's very rare that you're on your phone unless you're like showing someone something or like you're watching TV together, like you can still do your own thing, but it's more like you're still like finding those moments to connect with each other. Um, We taught Chelsea very quickly that it is. So like some rules for mate is like you get the mate and then you do not blow on the mate. (laughs) You do not wait around and like, Oh, let me wait till it cools off. No. No. Drink it while it's hot. <laughs> yes. And then you do not say thank you. My oh, yeah. That very was fine. Well, very polite. 
best friend over here she kept saying thank you and I was like and then they wouldn't give it to her and she'd be like oh, wait I wanted one more and I said no you said thank you I remember that I was like but I wanted some yeah and so <laughs> and then, then like, we would start no. skipping her thank you means that like no thank you like you you're you're all good and I was like, yeah. like what I was just thinking thinking of her passing it to me <laughs> yeah and so basically it's um so you don't want to take too long with it like if you um don't like it to be too hot so Beth she when I drink mate with her she does not she's not able to drink it right away if it's too hot so what I do is like I'll have a few rounds and then like when it's toward the end I'll give her the um some just because it's like cooled off by then mm-hmm. um but then yeah so don't blow on it don't wait with it don't <laughs> hog it because then everyone's gonna be like are you teaching it math like what's going on here and um yeah and but it's just really funny because then we're so accustomed here to say thank you for everything mm-hmm. which and you know we're very polite in the latin community but also it's like um it just means different things so it's like if you're drinking mate with someone and you say oh gracias then that means like okay i'm good like thanks thanks mm-hmm. for your service <laughs> um but then it's the same kind of like with Fernet, which Fernet is the nighttime drink, um, which is like a liqueur. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had Fernet with the Coke. Yeah. Um, with Coca-Cola. But it's funny because Fernet came from Italy. And in Italy, they used to use it as a medicine. So it's like kind of like spoonful medicine. And it used to be for like um, in intestinal issues and anything like that Mm -hmm. and then when they brought it to Argentina they used it as kind of like a liqueur (laughs) and um yeah but it's it's still very good it's like a staple in each or Argentinian household um and every I feel like every place has their own um other liqueur signature dish uh Chile has pisco Colombia has uh, aguardiente. Ooh, then, what, what are these things? Oh, okay. So, pisco <laughs> is like the signature liqueur uh-huh. of Chile. Mm. And then, aguardiente is the signature liqueur of um, Colombia. Actually, I don't know if it's like a liqueur or if it's more like a just like liquor. Would I, these be? Things that would are kind of this similar in a sense. I mean, I know each each mm-hmm. culture would celebrate it differently, but like, is this also something that like shared as a community, like gathered um, together? So for those, no, mm-hmm. just because I think that's more like um, kind of how like England has pims, okay, and then Canada has what does Canada have? Beer. Yeah. I don't know. They got spiders and <laughs> maple uh, maple syrup. <laughs> maple Canada syrup. has maple syrup. <laughs> maple syrup is shared. So, um, yeah, like every every country has its own thing, and it's so beautiful because um, everybody either shares it or it's for their own. But what you notice in the Latin community is like majority of things it's to be shared. Like a lot of Hispanic communities have um, arepas or so I think arepas is from like Venezuela, Colombia. And so like these kind of dishes are kind of to be shared with everyone. Mm-hmm. So as you can tell, it's like it's very inviting mm-hmm. from the moment you kind of meet someone. It's like we just want to make you a part of our family. Like we want to invite you. We want to um, make you feel loved and just kind of like like as an insider, not be like, oh, who's this girl? Who? Why is she here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but and I feel like that's that's the thing that I love so much um but I did want to touch on because I feel like this this is something that I know it frustrates me a bit so Mm -hmm. maybe just like clarifying it because I I do know this can be confusing and I also had to teach my husband about the difference of it recently just Mm -hmm. because um so race ethnicity and nationality um so they're different and race is the physical characteristic that define a person as being a member of a specific group so like how they physically look Mm -hmm. their skin color hair color texture eye color all that and then ethnicity is the cultural characteristics that define a person as being a member of a specific group so like their language accent religion style Mm -hmm. of dress all of that um and then their nationality is the legal sense of belonging to a specific political nation or state um so that would be like the citizenship um because we were we were at like cvs or something and then for race obviously he was putting white and then for ethnicity he wouldn't put anything and so I was like well you would put non-hispanic or latino and he was like oh I always leave that blank and I'm like no you have to fill that out and then I was filling mine out um and this wasn't him this was someone else but I put for nationality I put Argentina because that's that's my nationality and so then they were like oh you're not a you're not a citizen of the U.S. and I was like what is wrong with you and so I was like Yes, I'm a citizen of the U.S., but my nationality is, my citizenship is, um, well, I have dual citizenship, but my nationality is Argentinian, and then my ethnicity is Latino, and then my race, and so it's, like, going into all of that, Um, but I feel like that's something that's, like, super important for people to know, because obviously what I get all the time and it's like a bittersweet thing for me is oh well you don't look Spanish and it's like okay someone doesn't have to look a certain way to be what you think like I I don't have to look how you think someone that's Spanish should look you know Mm -hmm. and um the common thing it's I mean it falls into the court of you know those with colorblindness yeah just like they assume that if you do fall into a certain ethnicity you know or race or you know whatever you wherever you you define on that spectrum that you have to look a certain way and if you don't then you're not part of that but that's that's really not the case I mean and Mm -hmm. I think that we've just learned this more and more as individuals are learning more about their their ancestry and where their descendants are from and what is like, maybe they didn't grow up with, with this culture. Maybe they're just now learning it and adapting it in. So I think that it's just, it's just one of those things that like individuals, I don't want to call it. It's like, uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I I, I want to say a different word, but I I don't want to use the word, but um, any good, it's just like negligence. It's just like, just don't, don't be that inconsiderate um, or or blind to those around you, especially living in today's society. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, um, yeah, I know. I feel like with, with the wording, it's always hard um, Mm -hmm. because you want to have deep and meaningful conversations with people, but obviously social media and just like the platforms we're given to express our thoughts and express our hearts 
can be hard. Oh, yeah. Just because things can be taken out of context or taken the wrong way or just like um, maybe obviously wordings don't translate emotion. Yeah. Um, and we always come <laughs> through with that as well. It's like it's hard to properly identify someone's emotion through a monotone writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just important to just be open-minded and to just accept people as they are. I mm-hmm. feel like there's so many common misconceptions about how someone should look or how someone should act or how someone this or that. Yeah. And that's, that's just not true. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but my biggest thing, I feel like it's always been uh, like a bittersweet kind of thing for me is oh, well, you don't look Spanish or, oh, well, you don't sound Spanish or this or that. And I feel like just because I don't have an accent and just because the color of my skin is olive or lighter or whatever doesn't mean that I'm not. And you saying that doesn't mean that I'm not. And I feel like when people make certain comments like that, it's just they don't realize how hurtful it is as well. Um just because it is something that someone could be battling internally, just being like, oh, well, I don't look like this. And also, just Argentinians look very American or very white in general. Um, so that they can't just go based off that. But I feel like everybody just thinks of Hispanic and they're like, oh, just yeah, you're think so of how the average, I don't know, cartoon needs to look or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it's very, I mean, this can be, you know, compared to stereotyping. It's just like one of those things, like if you don't look a certain way, then you must not be. But don't, don't just assume. I think that if you are curious of someone's, you know, learning about their culture, or maybe they too are learning to it, just be open minded and to be supportive to them. I think that like everybody's culture is something that we continue to learn and grow into. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, sadly, we've grown up in a society that separated a lot of individuals from knowing their true cultures or where their ancestors come to. So individuals, and I say this like myself, is like, I'm learning very late in my, my, my years. (laughs) I say that like I'm old. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, it's like, I'm just learning part of a culture that represents such a big background of where my ancestors paved the way and where they came from so Mm -hmm. I yeah I might not have tons of knowledge on it and it maybe I don't look the way that you think that I should look but nonetheless just be respectful ask questions if you can but don't assume I think that's the biggest thing and and I hear that all the time and I remember you sharing those stories with me of you know how common that is of something that you get said or you know others in your culture that are also said the same well you don't look like this shouldn't you be this way yeah Yeah, and I feel like with all that it's it's definitely hard um but I want to I want to touch on I guess my story of Mm -hmm. coming to America um and so recently with my job we're obviously we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month but we were kind of sharing everybody was kind of sharing their stories and um their experience with like the hispanic community and just like maybe their journey coming to america or like their struggles or this or that and i feel like i kept i kept wanting to talk but i was just so like uh, like oh i don't know oh this Mm -hmm. makes me nervous or this or that and it's like 
it's one of those things that you never know when's the right time to say something or if you should say something or anything like that. Um, but I feel like, so for me, I came to America when I was about eight years old. Um, and I remember I was told basically like, oh, we're going to Disney and <laughs> like we're moving to Disneyland. And I was like, oh, yay, we're going to Disney. And so, um, yeah, and so for me coming to America, it was it was completely different because where I came from, uh, Barrio Pepsi, which is, don't look it up, it's a very bad place. Uh, <laughs> um, Barrio Pepsi is in Quilmes in Argentina. And that's, I lived with like near my family and um, I got to just like run around the streets all day and like be a little hooligan and like do all these crazy stuff. And then I came to America and it was like, okay, now you have to be DJ Tanner from Full House. <laughs> um, and I started taking care of my siblings. As you know, like in the Hispanic community, it's if you're the oldest, especially if you're a woman, if you're the oldest, you take care of the family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was something very normal. Um, and I never saw it as like something that was like abnormal until like later on when people were like, oh, you didn't have a childhood because you took care of your siblings. Yeah. And, but for me, it's like I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like I love and everybody knows like I love my brothers with all my heart. And um, yeah, but it's like that that's the culture. It's like if you're the oldest, especially if you're a woman, you take care of the family. You mm-hmm. take care of the household chores. You learn how to do laundry at seven years old as I did. The dishes, the cleaning, like everything. You learn how to basically be a wife at that age and prepare yourself for that but then I feel like ever since that age like I knew I wanted to um I knew I wanted to do things for myself and um I knew I wanted to like kind of break that mold Mm -hmm. um but coming to America was just like it was hard because at that age you're just kind of like okay I want to make friends but I can't make friends because I can't speak this language and okay I'm just gonna keep going and um I remember so I'm gonna share two stories one was in second grade when it was like my first day of school and you know like those in classroom bathrooms yeah okay so they had an in-classroom bathroom and this is my most embarrassing story because (laughs) It, it well it's it's one of the two because the other <laughs> one also has to do with language barriers um and so basically I guess there was a sign inside the bathroom that said like I guess close but I didn't like I couldn't read it and so I just closed the door and in Argentina we don't have in classroom bathrooms and somebody usually stands outside the door so nobody goes in mm-hmm. and so I was just like in the bathroom doing my thing and this boy opens the door and I'm mind you sitting on the toilet this boy opens the door and he just looks at me with his mouth open and he like lets the door slowly open even more in the class is looking at me and I was mortified I was mortified and I was just like waiting for him to close the door but he didn't and he was just standing there and the door opened all the way 
So what did I do? I got up and I'm holding my hands <laughs> and I'm waddling to the door and I go and I close the door and then obviously I close the door and I started crying, but I was just like, oh I can gosh. just, I'm picturing it. I'm picturing you it's, like waddling to the door. To it like, was you, so awful. Why do you have to be so mean, kid? Yeah, it was so awful. It was so awful. And then ever since then, like never have I ever again sat in a, any public kind of restroom nothing I'm always just like half up I'm like ready (laughs) I'm ready to go so oh my gosh yeah that traumatized me but then the good thing about that day is I made a friend uh Camila and she's actually from Denmark and it was funny because still to this day I have no idea how we became like such good friends and she didn't speak a word of English and I didn't speak a word of English. And it was just kind of like motions, like we had unofficial sign language and um, we would have sleepovers, like all this stuff. And I was just like, but I remember when we both started learning English, I remember specifically one day I was at her house and she was trying to help me with like a sentence and she kept saying, okay, so um, let's say like Juanito went to the store and blank to the car. And then I'd be like, and she'd be like, what's the answer? And I'd be like, blank. And she'd be like, no. <laughs> blank. She'd be like, no, that's not the answer. And she'll be like, okay, let's do it again. And then she'll say the same sentence. It'd be like, blank to the car. And I'd be like, blank. And then she'd be like, no. And then I remember, like, vividly I kept I just kept saying blank I was like that's the you're telling me the answer and she'd be like no (laughs) what seems to be the problem (laughs) yeah I was like oh my goodness but that was not it and then um my other story was so I was in Esau in elementary school so I was learning um with like a bunch of different students that English was their second language and we were all in a class it was basically like putting all the international kids in a glass and then it was like here you go um but it was a lot of fun and then I remember by the time I went to middle school this was I feel like this was my motivation to get rid of my accent and to just like I feel like this was like a turning point for me but I'll share so basically I went to or I went to middle school middle school is just rough for I feel like for me, sixth grade was the worst year of my life. But, um, well, that was a little exaggerated. But yeah. So sixth grade comes around and I still have a pretty heavy accent. I'm, I've been talking English for a few years. I'm not fluent, but it's like I'm conversational and I can understand things. But I remember there were these kids. There was, and I still remember their names. One of them was Kiana. The other one was, um, what's his name? Uh, Carlos, then Gabby, and then this, uh, oh, Emil. Emil was, he was just, he was not nice. He was not nice. Yeah. And so, basically, one day they came up to me, and this was also, like, when I was, like, I want to be called Nikki instead of Nicole, because no one can say Nicole. Everyone kept saying Nicole, and I was, like, I don't, that that's not how you say my name. And so, um, so basically, I remember we were in class and we were in the portables in class, sixth grade, first period. And, um, and Emil comes up to me and he goes, cause every morning I pride myself in like, cause in the Latin community, it's like you, you get ready for school and like you put on perfume, like you look nice. And so like, I feel like 
that's something that like my grandpa always taught me he was like you need to like present yourself to the world you can't just like go off and like with like crust by your eyes and like bad breath and this and that he always like made us like comb our hair back and like no strays now I literally walk outside in my pj so look how far (laughs) I've come grandpa (laughs) but so it's like I would always like I'd always make sure like I did a good job and like looking presentable every day and like obviously everybody was like who the heck is this girl coming in with like perfect little pigtails and like smelling like I don't know why but (laughs) yeah and I remember I had like this perfume that it was like this lavender perfume and I loved it and so I always wore it because I was like oh I want to smell nice and like this and that and so I came into school and Emil comes up to me and then he was He's so awful. He comes up to me and he goes, he said a word that I had no idea what it was. And so I I can't believe I'll share this, but he said a word and I was just kind of like, okay. And he was like, oh, we made you a song. And so I was just like, okay. And so the song was, because he comes up to me and he goes, he said diarrhea. And I was like, what? And I, and I thought for some reason in my head, I pictured a flower. I was like, oh, like a Delilah or something. I don't know. Yeah. And so, and so he goes, um, he's like, oh, what's that perfume? And I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's this lavender, blah, blah, blah. And he spoke Spanish. So I spoke to him in Spanish and he was like, oh, it reminds me of diarrhea. And so I was like, what? And so he was just like, yeah, you know. And then I was like, oh, okay. And so then him and then the other kids started going, Nico's smells like diarrhea. Nico, and then they kept chanting that, and I was just like, and then I started, I started singing along oh, because well, I didn't good. know what it meant, and it you was, thought this- <laughs> and I feel like I look back at that, and I wish I could just storm in that classroom and be like, get away from her, get away from her. But I'm also like, where was my teacher? Like, where was she? <laughs> and so, um, I remember later on that day like around fourth period I learned what that meant no it was sixth period because I had Mr. Ford which hey Mr. Ford if you're listening I highly doubt it but hey what's up (laughs) and so um I had Mr. Ford and I remember I loved his class because he was a science teacher he was always just very nice and I feel like because I didn't understand everything he took that extra time always to like try and explain it to me or translate it or like help me out and I told him about it. I was like, oh, because he would always ask me, how was your day? And I was like, oh, it was, it was good. I was like, they made me a song in first period. And so he was like, oh, really? How does it go? And I sang it. And he was like, no. He was like, no. He's like, who who sang that? And so I told him. And then he like went and talked to them. And it was this whole thing. And he told me about what it meant. And I felt I was, again, mortified. I was like, and then I remember that was the day that, like, the next day I came to school and I had my name written as Nikki. And then they're like, oh, you want to be called Nikki? And I was like, well, my family calls me Niku, but I don't want anyone to butcher that. So I'll go with Nikki. And so then they were just like, okay. And then I started watching Full House, like, religiously. And I was like, I will talk with no accent and I will be DJ Tanner. (laughs) And so, and then I feel like that, like, that bullying and that like all of that that was going on was my motivation to just kind of like learn the language and um 
and not have to kind of like, I feel like I had a fear of like that happening again. And it's now I have to have the fear of like people that all Latinos that speak Spanish, whenever they see me, they only want to talk to me in English. And I'm just like, no, I speak Spanish. And then I start talking to them in Spanish and then they still try and talk to me in English. And I'm like, no. So I think I did too good of a job on there. But um, yeah, I feel like so just sharing those stories, I know I was kind of rambling for a bit. But sharing those stories, it's just to show that like, coming to America is not easy. And I have family members right now that are transitioning over and they've been here for about six months. And it's hard. It's getting used to a whole new culture, getting used to a whole new way of life. For a lot of our countries, they're very unsafe. And so it's like getting used to trying to feel safe and like knowing that, hey, it's it's okay if you walk out with your phone in your hand, like you depending on where you are in the States, like, come on, <laughs> but yeah. it's okay if you walk out with your phone in your hand or it's okay if you do this or that. And it's like, it's just very different culture. And it's like in, um, even like this last time when I was in Miami, I realized that like everywhere you go in, you kind of just like greet everyone. You'll be like, Oh, buenas. And so like, even if like they can't, like, as soon as you make eye contact with someone, you just say like, Oh, buenas, like saying like, hello, and a lot of people do that here, but not, it's more like, cause my family has always said, they're like, oh, it's a bit more closed off here. Like everyone just kind of minds their own business. Um, and then just like kind of keeps to themselves. And I'm like, yeah. Whereas like, um, as you've noticed, my family will just like grab you. They'll like grab you for a hug and a kiss and then just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they make like a big deal about like your arrival um and it's just I feel like that's another thing that I love but I'm I'm going in circles right now but it's just everybody has things that they love about their cultures and their the places that they're from and there's so many wonderful and amazing things about the states and there's so many wonderful and amazing things about Asia and Africa and Europe and South America and Central America and everywhere else and Australia and yeah (laughs) so it's like um it's just it's really beautiful that each place has their just beauties and their people and um yeah but just being aware of of the that every culture is different and being aware of that instead of being like that's weird because I that's another thing I hate I hate when people like when I do something and people are like that's weird I'm like no it's really not Mm -hmm. yeah well I mean I Thank you for sharing those because I mean I didn't even know of those two stories so (laughs) I'm glad that you could take that space and just share and let our listeners and myself just kind of be become a little bit closer into your heart and your experience in coming I can't I can't imagine that but I do understand of like how you know individuals can be so close-minded from views or um, things that are not the same of their day to day. So they can be closed minded if it's not their idea or that's not what they grew up doing, but it doesn't mean that it's not right. It doesn't mean that it's wrong or it's weird or they should do it like this. I think that that's the, the beautiful thing about is like all cultures will do are, you know, they have their own traditions and they celebrate and they recognize and they spend time with family and it might look a little bit different or strange to you, but 
you have to just be open-minded. I think that that's the beautiful thing about it and allow yeah. it as an opportunity to learn. If you don't understand why they do something, ask the questions. Don't just assume because a lot of times your assumptions can be a lot more hurtful um, under, you know, deeper than the surface level than you expect. And I don't think that that's necessarily everyone's intention, but I think that it's really important that just be mindful of those. So if you have individuals that might have different cultures and upbringings than you, and you want to learn more about their story or why they do certain things the way they are, ask. Because I think that you will be swooned and have a, a completely different perspective. I know that I have every step of the way. Um, and I think that that's the beautiful thing about this. It's a, you know, it's a time and a space to recognize that, you know, we, we do not all share the same minds. Um, mm-hmm. And just because we don't do things the same way, it does not mean that it's less beautiful or less meaningful or purposeful. Yes. And that was so beautifully said, Charles. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like, um, yeah, just remembering that, everyone that's here from different places and that everyone that's immigrated into this country, um, into the U S if you're listening from the U S or into even other countries, they immigrated over because they're wanting to build a better life for not them, not just themselves, but for their families. And a lot of people are actually separated from their families and they're just sending them trying to like send them money or stuff like that so even being mindful of the people that are here might not even have their family they might just be here alone and you don't know the struggles that they're going through and just anyone you just be kind and be um be mindful towards the people that are around you the people that you might see through social platforms be mindful of your words of what you say anything like that Um, But aside from that, just in spite of Hispanic Heritage Month, I'd also like to include that go out and support your local Latinx and Latino communities and small businesses. Um, There's so many in the rise right now, and it's just amazing to see. So go out there and support and support restaurants and businesses and all of that. Um, but aside from that, thank you all so very much for listening in today. Um, I feel like we, we could have made this episode like hours long. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much. We hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your day, or if you're listening to this at the beginning of the day, have a wonderful day and then just stay tuned for next Monday's episode. So be sure to Mark your calendars and pick out your favorite onesies because it's going to be a night to remember. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coffee and Onesies Season 2. Be sure to keep an eye out for next Monday's episode. And to keep up to date with all things Coffee and Onesies, head on over to Coffee and Onesies Podcast on Instagram. Turn on those notifications, like a photo, follow us, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for next week's episode drop. See you next week.